0: check out the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Scott Krabs, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins, wire director, scouting at thedraftnetwork.com. Lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and we are hot on the heels of a 29-26 victory for the Miami Dolphins in week three of the 2021 preseason, the third and final preseason game for Miami, and this was the reed Sinnott show. Uh, obviously, based off what the news cycle has looked like throughout the course of the weekend, there's going to be a lot of questions that Dolphins fans have about the quarterback situation in Miami. And and all I'm going to say about the rumor mill right now is my job is to talk about the Miami dolphins. And I don't feel comfortable talking about the quarterback involved in these rumors and Deshaun Watson until there is an actual transaction that takes place. In which case we'll tackle that when we get there at the end of the day, It doesn't feel right for me to be talking about any of that with everything that's off the field going on with Deshaun Watson. I would rather focus on the preseason game that just took place, the players that are trying to make the active roster, get into what players did what on the field. And that's where I want to channel my energy and spend our time here on the show. Okay, so I wanted to get that right off the jump. Uh, But there were a lot of good takeaways from this preseason showcase from Miami. Uh, Reed sent it 22-33, 343 yards, two touchdowns. Obviously, uh, the miraculous play down the stretch, Uh, the Hail Mary that was caught by Chris Myrick and a really, really magnificent job by him in the end zone to get a foot and a knee on the same leg down and secure the touchdown. Myrick's not going to make the team, right? I think there's a lot of guys who made some plays today that I just think it's kind of stacked. The deck is stacked too deep at some of these positions. And tight end is one of those spots where um, Myrick's probably tight end six and tight end five's probably not going to make the roster. It's just that numbers game when you start trying to stack into an active roster, uh, it doesn't help you. So with so many of the guys playing and playing significant roles that were third string guys, guys trying to make the active roster. I think one thing to that would kind of help us sort through what happened today is to look at bubble guys and, and who stood out for better or for worse. Uh, everybody in the comments, Kirk Merritt, MF and Kirk Merritt went nuts. And this is a pro Kirk Merritt podcast, pro Kirk Merritt show. And I genuinely think between the play down the field uh, the long touchdown pass, the 44-yard touchdown, the first reception that he had in which it's he'd been doing that all camp where he's going up high, really testing his catch radius, uh, making really high difficult and, and degrees of catches and creating some plays after the catch, at the catch point. You take all that and then you stack on top of that the special teams value that he has because that was where he really – when he was trying to stick on the Dolphins roster last year, he had to provide a lot of that. I think he's making the active roster. I think he's going to be wide receiver six, Kirk Merritt. Whether or not they keep seven with Jakeem Grant or not, I don't know. But I think the surplus that they have, I would not be surprised if they do find a taker somewhere for somebody to send a late round pick to Miami for one of these surplus wide receivers. Um, We've got about... 30, 40 hours until the cut deadline on Tuesday at at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So they got a little bit of time. I'm sure they'll be working the phones. I think Kirk Merritt, home run, lock it in. I think he's making the roster. I think he's earned that. And he's physically gifted, super gifted. I think Jared Dokes also makes the roster. He carried the ball 16 times for 56 yards and two touchdowns in this game. Uh, I've got a lot of questions about dokes versus patrick laird one's going to be rb4 which one would it be for you dokes gives you more power right laird's a really good pass catcher good third down back doesn't have a great frame for pass protection uh, his skills in third down really come down to uh, just receiving the ball out of the backfield where dokes has a little bit more juice a little bit more pop in his pads I think this game kind of helped him. He ran aggressive. He ran assertive. He had, I think two negative runs in which he was popped in the backfield and really hurt his per carry average. But I thought he was what you would have hoped he would be Uh, obviously running behind an offensive line that saw a couple of starters play early on. We had a chance to see Solomon Kinley. We had a chance to see Robert hunt. Um, I think I was not surprised to see a couple of starters on the offensive line, get some reps, uh, I was surprised to see Larnell Coleman play as as poorly as he did. Uh, looked like he really struggled with being over there on the right side. Uh, just getting out of his stance looked awkward. He wasn't very fluid in his sets. Uh, so that really jumped out to me. And Larnell Coleman, you know, the Dolphins bring in Greg Little via trade. They make the trade uh, over the weekend with Baltimore for Greg Manx as, as a, a depth player on the offensive line. These bottom of the 53 offensive linemen, these spots are up for grabs. And Larnell Coleman, you don't get a lot of benefit of the doubt as a seventh-round pick. So for me, watching him struggle in an opportunity which he really needed to showcase himself well and showcase himself uh, as comfortable and having some positional flexibility to play on both sides of the line, I don't think we got it, to be perfectly honest. So I don't think Larnell Coleman – Uh, put himself in a real good position to slam the door shut and get himself one of these swing tackle spots. Uh, I don't think that Robert Jones, uh, he had a false start early in the game, the UDFA out of Middle Tennessee State. I think the trade with Baltimore was kind of an indictment for him and maybe even Matt Skura, uh, too, if we're being honest, because Skura really hasn't been tested at any other spot on the offensive line. Right? He's only been the backup center, the second-team center behind Dieter. We know based off Dieter's first year in Miami in 2019, he can play left guard. So he's got inside out or center and guard flexibility. Robert Hunt's got tackle guard flexibility. Austin Jackson really is the only other guy on the offensive line that doesn't have any positional flexibility whatsoever. So that's a little bit of a flag for me for Scura that he's on a one year deal. They went out and they got somebody else from the same system who has experience playing both guard, uh, center, and even. Uh, in Houston, some extra tight end and some heavy set type stuff. So that versatility is something for me to watch. But uh, I didn't think either one of the rookies on the offensive line helped themselves particularly well uh, with their play throughout the course of the game. The Dolphins 24 rushes for 69 yards. Um, if we're going to stay on trench play specifically and guys in the trenches that did not help themselves, The roughing the passer call on Benito Jones is just a clown car show. Like, I can't believe they actually called that roughing the passer. But guys like him and Ledbetter and Strobridge on the third team defensive line, like Cincinnati got some push. And Atlanta had a lot of push last week. So that was something I was really interested to see was how did these guys hold the point of attack? And I didn't think there was a lot of really inspirational play up front along the defensive front when the third team guys were in. The good news is the first the first two levels of that rotation on the defensive front are studs. You got a bunch of monsters up front: Wilkins, Raquan Davis, uh, Sealer, Ogba, If you're including him in there. They got a lot of quality options. I'd even probably put John Jenkins in that conversation. But Strobridge, Benito Jones, like, I don't know if any of these guys are going to make the cut when it all comes down to it, because this is two consecutive weeks. When these guys are in the game, you're getting gassed. You're giving, and I know some of it's the linebackers behind him too, right? I think Duke Riley played particularly well. I'd be very concerned if I'm Duke Riley about making the team. North One is better banking for small business owners. Serving small business owners is all they do. North One allows you to manage your money from anywhere, whether you're at home or on the go. Everything you need to manage your business finances is at your fingertips. Never step foot in a bank branch again. In addition to the features you'd expect, like mobile check deposit, cash withdrawals, the ability to send and receive ACH and wire payments, North One is an FDIC insured account that could save you both time and money. North One integrates with the accounting software you already use, saving you hours of manual bookkeeping. And with North One's envelope feature, you can automatically budget and save for things like rent, payroll, taxes, and more. With North One, you'll never overdraft or NSF fees again, saving you hundreds of dollars per month. To get started, visit apply.northone.com/locked. Apply.northone dot com slash locked. North one business banking made for America. It's that time of year and all eyes are now returning to the gridiron. As football season is once again upon us. And as always, Ben Online is your number one spot for all the pro college action this season. Get the updated odds, props, and contests you need, including the half million dollar NFL Mega Contest and the two hundred dollars NFL Survivor Contest Open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Bucks and Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait, take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. I obviously we you need to know all the assignments and I would prefer not to make any real stern observations without seeing what the all 22 looks like and and what everybody's assignments were. But Duke Riley looked wrong on a couple of times, particularly on the touchdown pass and the slot man-to-man coverage against Chris Evans uh, for the big game. I think that was a 29-yard completion, 30-yard completion from the slot. They literally just ran slot fade, and Chris Evans ran right by. So uh, I'd be concerned if I was Duke Riley. Uh, Shaquem Griffin didn't necessarily see anything. I oh, obviously saw him in the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, And as OG highway is quick to point up or point out Vince Beagle going on IR. Now there's some opportunity for opening here. I think, you know, the the easy explanation is you can divide these reps between going on four man fronts and having Agba take some of them rotationally. Uh, You can also go with your hybrid linebackers and say, More snaps for Van Ginkle, more snaps for Jalen Phillips, more snaps for Brandon Scarlett. I think you spread it across enough guys, and you could probably take it in stride without having to do anything drastic. Uh, But if that depth continues to get tested, if somebody else gets banged up, that's something that we'll need to cross that bridge when we get there, too. Uh, The the observation about hybrid linebackers, though, I'm glad this guy's a, a bubble guy, but he was one of the marquee guys that played in this football game was Jalen Phillips. And obviously everybody wanted to get really excited about Jalen Phillips with the same kind of energy that's out there for Jalen Waddle. And I get it, but I watched Jalen Phillips pretty closely when he was in the game. And I also watched him last week, very closely in Atlanta. And he had five pass rush opportunities and 25 reps against Atlanta. He dropped in zone coverages twice. He played the run 18 times. So you can do the, I'm not a math guy. I say it all the time. But at the same time, I know that's a very low percentage of his reps against Atlanta that were pass rush opportunities. In this game, he had at least three pressures. They came in different ways. Cincinnati went to to boot naked, which is the quarterback's unprotected, and Phillips is the unblocked end man on the line of scrimmage. And he slow plays it, keys it, triggers it. You see the explosiveness that he has. It really pops off the the screen at you. And then they did get out into some of their twist and stunt game, and he he was a looper inside and came back inside an interior gap. And that acceleration, as he kind of flattened and came into the gap and really exploded and, and triggered into the face of the quarterback, really flashed at you again. The most impressive one, he just barely missed his footing, was he won off the right edge with a speed rush, and reduce the inside shoulder and turn that corner real tight. And if he had kept his footing, he may have been in a position to try and bat the ball out and have a strip sack. Uh, It looked like he was on like the 50-yard line with the logo. And it seemed like there were a couple of guys that struggled with their footing in that area of the field uh, for Cincinnati, or uh, for Miami in Cincinnati in this 29-26 victory for the Dolphins. So that was – Uh, promising to see him be active in some pass rush opportunities. Obviously, uh, Chris, what's up in the comments uh, here on the live stream? If you're listening to this on the Monday episode of Locked on Dolphins on uh, your podcast feed, we're going to start getting more and more regular with doing some YouTube streaming uh, opportunities for you guys to engage with me in real time as we kind of cover the team and tackle anything that takes place. Uh, But Chris observing that Phillips was dropped in coverage a lot. My guess is that's what they wanted to work on the preseason. You're dead on. That's exactly what my observation was. They're getting him zone drops because that's the part of his game that he needs to practice at, right? You know, he can rush the passer. It's not a secret. He was one of the most dynamic pass rushers in this year's class. For my money, he had the best defensive tape as a defensive end playing forward. Well, they're going to ask him to be a little bit more versatile because he seems to be in position to take the Kyle Van Noy role, which was seventy percent of the time on the line of scrimmage as an end man defender and pass rusher. So I agree. I thought that they were asked about, or they they were asking Jalen to do what you know he's not most dynamic at because that's where he needs to get better as a player. Uh, let's see, Layton, what's up, man? I Think Jamal Perry played. His way off the roster today, I don't know who would take his place. Uh, I was stunned he could not hold on to the interception uh, over the middle. Anytime a quarterback misses high over the middle against a high post safety, you're assuming those are going to be turnovers, right? And and he obviously had to go down to the ground to try and dig it out. Uh, But I was also um, not impressed with his play. Uh, from start to finish bumper to bumper. So, I don't know that he played his way off because he has again, this is going to be the name of the game with any Dolphins player we're talking about, positional versatility, right? He could play corner. They played him in the in the preseason, he played a significant amount of time with the third teamers as a high post free safety. So, all of that adds up. I think the fact that that he's capable of taking on multiple roles plus special teams Uh, and he popped really well when I was down in Miami Gardens a couple of weeks ago uh, with just his quick quick reaction skills as Billy stick his foot in the ground and go. Um, I think there's enough there for him to probably hang on to one of those final few spots, but he did not help himself with how he played today. Let me know if this sounds familiar. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about DirecTV.com. That's DirectTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. We are talking top of the first round here. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar, 10 different delicious flavors for you to choose from, and 100% chocolate on all their bars. So whether you're looking for something that's keto-friendly, something to grab and go, something to replace a meal throughout the day, post-workout, you name it, Built Bar can be it. Right now you can visit builtbar.com and use promo code Locked15 to save 15% off your next order. That's billbar.com Promo code Locked15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. Uh, Kamara asking, Do I play Madden? I I dabble. And that's the best way I could possibly put it. Uh I hardly have time to turn on a gaming system. I gotta. Xbox one back there somewhere. I got a PS four upstairs and have them both and never play either one, uh, which tells you how smart I am as an individual. I got some notes here though. Uh, If you, if you're trying to play uh, let me practice on the sticks for a few months first and I'll get back to you. Greg little. I thought Greg little played really well tonight. And I was really encouraged to see him at left tackle uh, taking efficient pass sets Uh, his rhythm his cadence was good he's not the most fleet of foot uh, as far as the suddenness that he plays with but at the same time it was maximizing his reach it was utilizing the size of his frame to really drive get distance when he needed to take vertical sets and and get off the line of scrimmage so not just Quick setting, guys, and, and hopping out of a stance and flashing his hands right away, and then going with a quick strike to try and negate guys at the line of scrimmage. Uh, he was willing to vary the depth and the timing of his sets, and he looked pretty good. And obviously, you're playing in the third preseason game. I'm not going to read too much into it, but there's obviously a physical skill set that's there to work with. And the fact that this guy was a top 40 pick and Carolina, Matt Rule paraphrasing said he's probably just a guy that needs a change of scenery so if you feel that lowly about him and you're that ready to just move on and get rid of him those are the kind of guys we will take the chance on 10 times out of 10 and i think you're you're seeing that with miami and, and hopefully um he continues to to come along and you've got some quality depth oh pat did you notice? Happen to notice Noah Omer underwhelming against twos and threes? So yeah, uh, obviously the preseason in year two of Noah Igbinogheni's time with the Dolphins is not off to the start that I think anybody was hoping for. Uh, Noah missed some plays early on. I think some of the plays it looked like, and again. I don't have the all 22 immediately after the game, so I can't speak super uh, deep dive. I know that's something we did last week with Atlanta, where this was more surface level observations. And then I actually watched the tape and I can give you uh, some more firm opinions on a lot of these things. So I don't want to be too definitive here, but it felt like some of the receptions in his area was zone where he's hitting his technical landmark. And it's just the, the anticipation to squeeze or trigger a little early or the linebackers aren't getting enough depth. So there's a big void that he then has to kind of close down and try and tackle in space. Uh, I don't want to put all of it on Noah. Obviously the fact that he played some man-to-man coverage there on the fourth down and, and batted away the pass is very encouraging. I thought he probably misplayed that tipped completion that got up over top of the linebacker. Uh, That he extended for getting a little excited over here. And you thought for sure he was going to get his hands on that ball. Uh, I thought he misplayed that one a little bit. And I don't know if the tip from the linebacker kind of interrupted his sight and and anticipation on how the ball was going to come into the receiver or not. But uh, I didn't think he played great. Uh, Obviously he's still a work in progress. He's going to make the 53 man roster is he probably going to be bottom of the depth chart on the 53 man roster at the corner position? Probably, unless maybe Trill Williams makes it, uh, and, and Trill, uh, I'm hopeful he's going to get a shot to stick on this roster. I'm really rooting for Trill. He's a, a, a great story and obviously betting on himself, leaving Syracuse, leaving eligibility, still needing surgery, said it was the best decision for both him and his family. So, uh, Yes, Pat, to answer your question, I didn't think Noah blew it out of the water to the degree in which we would have hoped if he said he was going to play an entire game in week three of the preseason as his first round pick. All right, what are the notes do I have here? Malcolm Perry. I'm really struggling with the idea of leaving him off. But at the same time, I just don't think the numbers are going to add up for Malcolm. He was productive. He had a 36-yard completion. He caught four of his five targets in this game for 69 yards. Uh, lost his footing on the one punt return that he had. Uh, that ended up going for eight yards. Obviously, you would have liked to have seen him keep his feet. I did think he probably was overly conservative with the first punt that he had. He way fair cuts. So I thought he had a little bit of extra room to run. Uh, maybe could have got some yardage out of that. He's going to be a great candidate for the spe- uh, for the practice squad, guys. Ultimately, end of the day, I think you got a number of guys that are going to be great practice squad candidates. He is one. Reed it. I don't know if you're going to be able to keep three. It'd be different if the rest of the roster wasn't deep, right? And the Dolphins aren't deep everywhere. Let's not sit here and pretend like they are. But you've got a, such a logjam with the pass catchers in the defensive backfield and potentially along the offensive line, depending on if you want to hang on to one of these rookies or not, that I just I don't know how you can keep three quarterback spots. And Reed was phenomenal. The question you have to ask yourself, and this is what the Dolphins have to ask themselves everywhere across the board, and Brian Flores alluded to this last week a little bit, it was you don't just ask the question of who do you want on the active roster. You have to ask yourself the question of who is going to draw interest and attention from other teams, and that extends beyond just their play for you. It also extends to what other players at that position across the rest of the league do not make the 53-man roster cut. Um, and for quarterbacks, I don't know that a, obviously he played a phenomenal game today and he was with the team last year. I don't know that a UDFA from university of San Diego who lit up the third preseason game against the Bengals is going to have that kind of market that they couldn't push him through waivers and get him back on the practice squad. And then if you want to protect him on a weekly basis, you can. I'd be bummed if we lost him. I would be. But I also don't think I can justify using a third active roster spot for him entering into this year with all the other log jams that you have for the team. See Any other questions you guys have, please feel free, drop them in here. Uh, as we're getting ready to wrap this post-game victory, preemptive victory Monday episode of Locked on Dolphins, a lot of surface-level observations. Uh, Obviously, question here about uh, Preston Williams. I've kind of been on this train. It was, it was funny. I went back and looked for my own receipts, and I – hit the Preston Williams piece of the conversation and missed on the Nick Needham piece of the conversation. It was something to do with um, somebody not getting the hype on Nick Needham. And obviously, at the beginning of the offseason, I was pretty critical of Nick as far as just undisciplined play at the top and and questioning athletic profile, and he played a lot today as well. Uh, But I think that probably had to do with the fact that Know, whether he's going to end up being the third outside corner or the nickel uh just wanting to get him reps at both as a third year guy who's still relatively new and they want to continue to develop some of those good muscle memory and and assertiveness uh and, and confidence to not grab and panic so i thought that was good that that he did get some time because of the depth at corner obviously he didn't play zavian and he didn't play byron jones and he didn't play justin coleman and a bunch of these guys so Noah or or Nick definitely would have benefited from the reps, So I'm glad they got on the reps. Uh, But I said, eventually we're going to have to have this same conversation about Preston Williams, about the expectation versus the reality of the player. And I'm glad that guys like Kirk Merritt can show up as a super dynamic athlete, uh, but a guy who uh, you saw the separation on the double move for the, the deep touchdown. And you're seeing what he's doing after the catch at the catch point. And he plays special teams. So, yeah, for me, like, I'd be trying to move one of either Jakeem Grant or Preston Williams, depending on if they want to continue to have more depth at speed or more depth at size. Uh, If that ends up being Preston, so be it. I'm not going to – I would have needed to have more reliability in Preston, not just in durability, but also for consistency at the catch point. So I don't want to – go back down the the rabbit hole of percentage of targets that are converted for receptions for Preston and the drops. Uh, oh, here's a good one from Ben. This is how, you know, I'm a real football nerd. How in your opinion has Polardi looked so far? He's got a leg and it, I, I'm a sucker for good special teams play. So the hidden yardage and, and Miami made a lot of headway in this, this last year. Uh, I think Polardi has looked great and, and I'm really encouraged. Had a chance to see Matt Hawk punting the other day, and uh, he shanked one 15 yards out of bounds for like a 30-yard punt. Uh, he would just had too many of those for the Dolphins. Uh, I have not seen anything to that degree from uh, Pilardi. Of course, I'm sure I jinxed it, and the next time we see him, there's going to be a gaff, and you guys can totally blame me for it, and it's fine. I'm mentally prepared to do that. Would you rather take Duke Riley or Calvin Munson at this point from Dr. Big Hook? Honestly, from a special teams perspective, I would probably take Calvin Munson. Riley, I thought against Atlanta, got pushed around when he was walked up into the B gap on the line of scrimmage. I thought he struggled in space a little bit uh, against Cincinnati. I got picked on in coverage a couple of times, at least with Munson, And I know I've got a guy who's going to execute on teams because that's what he did last year. So when I do my, this will be my fourth walkthrough of the active roster and the 53 man projection, which I'll drop at some point, probably Tuesday morning over at dolphins wire. Uh, I'll probably have Riley off. I'm going to have Aguabin on. I'm going to have um, Bernard Bikini on. I'm going to have Jerome Baker on. I'm going to have your usual suspects. And Munson's probably going to be the fringe guy that I give it to just because I know what we're getting there, and it's the team's contributions that I trust because we've we've seen it, and the coaching staff has got it. Uh, Griffin. Love Griffin, this from Sean, but seemed to have a rough game producing. How do you feel like he did? I don't think he's uh, – I don't think he's – the timing of him getting on the field was the big tell for me because he didn't get into the game until I think it was like the second half when we first saw him. And if in this game situation with all the guys that aren't playing, if you're not getting out there until the second half and still not making plays, I just think he, he's really undersized to be playing the kind of role that the Dolphins would be asking him to play. And because of that, I think he's got a tough shot. Uh, I would not expect uh, Griffin to make the roster. But I would expect you guys to hit like and subscribe on the channel or subscribe on your podcast feed. Hope you guys enjoyed this immediate reaction to the Dolphins' 29-26 victory over the Cincinnati Bengals, 2-1, and bringing the 2021 preseason to a close. Always good to enjoy a victory Monday. I hope you guys enjoy it. We are coming around to the start of the regular season. We're less than two weeks away now. Obviously a big week this week with roster cuts. So There's going to be lots to talk about. Hope you guys keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. Kyle Krabs, thanks as always for watching and or listening. Hope to talk to you guys again soon. Hands up. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.